Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to Afternoons with Bill Arnold. I'm the Bill Arnold part of that sentence. I'm so glad that we are back with our Old Testament series, which is going to go on for probably a year, I hope, because there's so many people to learn about in the Old Testament. Dr. Peter Kapsner and I are so glad to be uh, hosting Mark Senius today. He's the chair of the Department of Communication right here at the University of Northwestern. And Peter, I know you know Mark. It's going to be a great hour. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to this, Bill. I was thinking about this, that a a whole year trajectory in the Old Testament, there really are enough characters to support that. And I I think I might have to give you props. I think you were the one that came up with this idea. Uh, Perhaps I came up with it. Uh, It was a recommendation from station manager Neil Stavum, and I thought it was a brilliant idea right away. Indeed. Indeed it is. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't think a lot of people know a lot about some of the minor... uh, players in the Old Testament, and it's it's important that we know who they are. And one of the things I'm going to encourage every guest every week is to give us like three things we can remember about the, the person we're talking about. So... Yeah, I think that'd be really helpful. And to your point, you're right. There's, I think a lot of us probably grew up with a, a Bible that at least one version of the Bible that we had in our house would have been a New Testament-only Bible with uh, perhaps some Psalms right. as well. And so I, I think the Old Testament, in a variety of, of, of both subtle and overt ways, has been something that has been really unfamiliar territory. And yet so many of these characters, once we learn about them, you see these patterns and these themes that then play themselves out into the new and really help us understand the covenant in which we live now. So it's it's an exciting series for sure. Yeah. Well, Mark uh, Senius, he worked in radio for 20 years before he came uh, as a professor here at the University of Northwestern. So he worked at eight different uh, radio stations in four major markets, including cities like San Diego, Seattle, Sacramento, and the Twin Cities. So he is a consummate pro, and every time he comes in, not only do I love him and I love how good he is, but he's a little intimidating. Intimidating? He has... You're, I, I haven't brought you on you yet. You looked at me? No. <laughs> I, have, I have not brought you on yet, senior. So just oh, sorry, sit I'll, still. I'll, I'm still talking to Peter. All right. Sorry. I'll, I'll be back. Yeah, yeah. And I think you said 20 years, Bill. That's 20 years longer than both of us. Here, so right, he right. definitely has the radio experience. I'm right, going I'm back sure. into the cone of silence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I'm getting closer to bringing him on. Uh, but anything else, Peter, you want to bring up before we bring Mark on? Well, we could probably have a number of conversations oh, I, to keep filibustering the situation, I could, but maybe, I maybe it's agree time. More. Maybe it's time at this point. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, Mark is chair of the Department of Communications here at the University of Northwestern, and we're going to talk today about Jeremiah. Mark, welcome. Thank you very much. Uh, and now, after all that lead-in and you know the uh, the three things we need to take away, it's like I should have chosen Bezalel. He's got like three lines, and it's like let's go do arts and make it look good. And, yeah. Thank you. Good night. Fun, fun being yeah, in the program. Filling an hour on that person would be a tough one. It would be. But yeah. You know, well, how do you pronounce it? Bezalel. Bezalel. Okay. Yeah. It's an Exodus. No, wait. Uh, yeah, Exodus. He isn't doesn't. Thirty-one. Peter. He doesn't know. I really don't. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Exodus it, thirty-one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They had to build Sounds the tabernacle. Right. The whole deal. Cool. Yeah. We'll, we'll we'll check it. Yeah, yeah. At break, lots of glitter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jeremiah. So, let's yeah, jump and, in. Yeah. So, um, it, 
you know, when I was asked, like, what, what, you know, what would you like to choose from the Old Testament? And, and I guess Jeremiah is just kind of one of those characters that, you know, I don't really know a whole lot about, yeah. but he just seems, just things from that book seem to just lead their way. And, and when I read it, it, you know, it you instantly like memorize it. It's like you hear it once, and boom, it's just etched forever. And so I think it's um, that's probably why I, I chose it because I feel like I'm always there. And a, a disclaimer: so I really don't, you know, I'm no in no way an expert on Jeremiah by any stretch of the imagination. So, but it's fun to we should have to done talk about more vetting. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like if you're looking for some exegetical uh, sort of, you know, breakdown, yeah. and we'll arc it later. But yeah, uh, yeah. episode four. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, well, I love Jeremiah for the very same reasons. Yeah. You know, so this, it was uh, a friend of mine gave me this book uh, by Eugene. Peterson, Run With Horses, and it's really sort of this, you know, kind of a book just about who Jeremiah was, and and uh, and so, and, and but he inscribed on the first page was a, was a quote from Lord of the Rings, and it's, you know, Frodo was basically saying, I'm not made for this perilous journey, and then Gandalf says, ah, oh, yes, but you were chosen, and so, you know, we should take comfort in that, essentially, and so I just feel like, man, we are just not made for this perilous journey, mm. and yet we were chosen, right? So the, the long defeat, I think, is another way I've heard it described. And so that's what sort of what resonated with me is just, um, you know, this guy just has this impossible task in front of him. You know, he's got to tear down everything, and then he's going to try to build it up and then, you know, have hope. And, and you know, and then there's this constant battle with idols, you know, in that book. And, you know, and there's the taking out of the old heart and just, you know, heart of stone and bringing in the new heart, uh, a fleshy heart. And I feel like that's just kind of a model of our own lives. We always have these idols that, you know, that pop up like whack-a-mole and you sort of need to, you know, break them down continually. And so that's really sort of what drew me to, uh, to the, to this book and, you know, wanting to, you know, read it. And then you just start seeing it in culture and you see it in your own lives. And so that's, uh, that's why with Jeremiah, it sort of popped into my head when, when I was asked to be a part of this. Yeah, well, that's a great intro, and I, I, love, uh, I love Jeremiah. There's, uh, do you have a particular uh, section of Jeremiah that you, it just stands out more than any other? Well, yeah, there's, I mean, there's sort of several sections, yeah. and it's not so much the situation it is, it's just, what, it's just what is said. I mean, I've always, it's, you know, I sometimes don't know or remember exactly where people were, but, and, you know, part of that book is like, you know, where are you? <laughs> and so, uh, you know, where you, I, I guess uh, one of the verses would be from Jeremiah six sixteen, where it just says, you know, when you stand at the crossroads, you can basically do this or that, you know, ask for the ancient past where the good way is, why? in it and you'll find rest for your soul. And it's like, so when you're, you know, seeking and walking on the good path, then, you know, there's that rest. And so I think, you know, one of the takeaways is that there's peace when you're kind of on the road that you're supposed to be on, right? Yeah. And so much of my life, um, you know, at least kind of when I was younger, I remember going to uh, Seattle and, and uh, this is, I was working in San Diego and went to Seattle and um, you know, I had probably the best success of my life in that town, you know, Billboard Magazine nomination of the year for promotion director of the year or whatever. And when, you know, local awards and all these accolades as my head grew to the size of a Mack truck. And, um, but then there was this sort of like, you know, kind of knocking at the door of, you know, sort of Jesus kind of saying, you know, what road are you on? Which, which way are you going to go? You know, here you are. You're at the crossroads. You can either go down this, this path or you can go down the ancient path. 
and I'm going to put you, I'm going to create a new heart in you. There's another Jeremiah reference. Yeah. And then you can, uh, you know, find the path that's going to be the ancient path that's going to find, give you rest for your soul. It's the good way. You know, you can walk in it. And that didn't occur to me at the time. It's, of course, now I'm looking back on, on my life and, you know, that moment, my moving to Sacramento and then God then, then removing everything from my life. Um, you know, I lost my job probably after like six months, you know, went in for my review at this radio station where I was working and, you know, you're the, you're the greatest. We love you. And here's the new deal. And, you know, can't wait to work with you. And the next week I was fired. Right. Wow. And it's like, well, what about all those nice things you said to me? And then the manager says, well, you know, talk is cheap. And so, hi, welcome to life, everybody. <laughs> and, um, and so, but it was that pivotal moment that it's, you know, that certainly a Genesis fifty twenty moment, you know, where, what man meant for evil, God meant for good. But then when you look at the promises of, of God, and then so now you have sort of Jeremiah um, thirty two forty, just kind of plays like, you know, I'm making this everlast, everlasting covenant, everlasting promise with you that, I'll, that I, as God, will never do anything. I will always do good things for you. And I'm going to put the fear of you in my heart so that you'll never turn from me. And it's like, so when you have these kind of promises to cling to, it's like, okay, you know, here's Jeremiah going through his life and, you know, all chaos abounding, right? Nobody listens to the guy, right? And so, and so I I find that, you know, solace and just the promise of God uh, as we move through and we can depend and trust on that. And then he does guide our steps and do wonderful things, even though it's sometimes excruciatingly difficult. Interesting, because I've heard um, stories like yours before. Top of the world, things are going great, and then the next day you're gone, right? Yeah. What have and you done for me lately? Exactly. But Janet Jackson, man. It's just my yeah. moment. <laughs> well, I've also seen success turn a lot of people into failures. Yeah. yeah we're, well, I mean, it's so easy to sort of get... Uh, caught up yeah uh, in how the accolades or the the success and i think it could work in any really industry as soon as you start getting money and fame um or money and just money and money and more money and you know and then it's then it's like then we're back to that idol theme and you know jeremiah and they're constantly trying to break down the idols or the things that we love we start yeah. loving things more than we love the lord disordered and, loves Absolutely. Yeah. So, and then, you know, then it's part of that perilous journey and, and, you know, now here you are back in the crossroads, you know, which way I'm going to go. Right. And so, yeah, so that's one of the things that really helps me. Yeah. We're going to take a short break. Mark Senius is our guest tonight. Dr. Peter Kapsner and I are continuing our study on people from the Old Testament. We're going to take a very short break. Be right back. about Jeremiah today with Mark Senius. Dr. Peter Kapsner and I are continuing our Old Testament series, which we'll hopefully do for a long time. Uh, Peter, are you 
apparently, uh, I think you did a whole sermon series on the Jeremiah 6 passage. I did. I was working in a church for a period of time, and the church was going through a pretty significant transition from their senior pastor who had been there nearly 40 years at the time. And of course, that was causing a tremendous amount of instability in the church and uncertainty in terms of the pathway forward. And so, Mark, when you were chatting just about your own experience in Jeremiah 6 and looking backwards when you get to crossroads in lives, I'm just I'm wondering if you could say a bit more about what that looked like in your life to, to look backwards, because this church was facing that, but I think we all face that in our lives, right? We, we all get to these crossroads, and I think we tend to want to look forward to try to maybe anticipate the circumstances that are going to come or, or try to somehow plan our way into the future. But Jeremiah was inviting them to look backwards and remember these ancient paths and these good ways as they walk towards an uncertain future. So I, I'd love for you to say a little bit more about what that was like for you at that time. Yeah, um, at the time, it was, you know, you're sort of in that present moment and uh, and you're, you are faced with choices of like, what's next? And and then you have to, I think there's those, you have to just sort of look back and and you know, find your perspective, sort of that biblical, um, you know, that worldview and, and a kingdom perspective. And so, because it's, it's so easy to get all emotional and just ah, get all mad and, you know, and to lash out. But to, when you step back and, and sort of look and remember, I mean, we're so prone to wander, you know, we're so prone to forget. And so when we're called to remember, I mean, I think that's a, you know, it's what we do every month or every week when we sit in the pews is to remember, right? Remember this, you know, here's the cup, here's the, you know, here's the bread. And so, um, so if we don't do that, sometimes we just will, yeah, we will get lost. It's you forget, it'll just be in this, you know, kind of a fog and you, you know, you won't be able to see, um, you know, your way forward, you know, cause it's, you know, it's like Mark, right? Uh, Mark four, probably one of my most I love that passage and it just, where Jesus says, you know, go to the other, let's go to the other side of the lake. And then like, okay, let's call the all pile in the boat and off we go. And then, you know, the ships are ground on the shore the next day of this uncharted desert isle as the storm just completely just, you know, bursts out and like, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm sure Jesus is back there kind of like Thurston Howell the third, just like, well, I don't, you know, just hanging out yeah. and, you know, just sort of chilling. And we all forget that, you know, what's the first line of that story, right? We have to remember what Jesus said. Let's go to the other side of the lake. Is he going to be untrue? We're going to go to the other side of the lake. So let's go. Why do you worry about it? Sure, there's a storm, but we're going to go to the other side of the lake because I said it. And so, and I think when we look back and remember those promises, those are the places where we can, you know, really cling to him. You know, you've got a great high priest who can sympathize with your weakness. I've made my note, uh, I've made known the paths of life and in my presence is fullness of joy. Right? Don't lose heart. This is a momentary affliction. And when you have those those promises you can click to and you can remember those things, then that's what helps you go forward because you don't you can go forward, but it's like which road are you gonna be on? Really. And you talk about remember, I, it, Jeremiah, I believe, ministered during the time of King Josiah, who was the young king that was was part of the situation where they found the book of the law, right? Buried under the the rubble and the book of the law was what had given the Israelites their whole sense of community. And yet somehow they had forgotten it. They didn't even recognize it when they unearthed it. And so I'm just, I, I'd love for you to comment a bit on maybe some of the things that we even need to remember today as believers, as the church, as things are kind of goofy in our society and on a number of levels, what would be some of those places of remembering? Yeah. I mean, you start thinking about um, you know, there's always the famous verse that, uh, 
you know, 2911, you know, I know the plans I have for you. Mm -hmm. Yay. You know, we've got bumper stickers and T-shirts and all that. But there's a verse a little bit before that that I've always thought was, you know, really sort of, um, you know, much more meaningful. Just be sort of seeking the welfare of the city. Um, and so, and I think that just, you know, when we start, you know, thinking in that terms and not just sort of like, what is it, what's in it for me, but like, what do, what is required? Cause there's that, there's those commands that are right there before, you know, I know the plans I have for you, but then he gives you those commands there. And it's just that kind of that seek the welfare of the city sort of really resonates with me um, there as you asked that particular question. Not sure I answered your question, but that's <laughs> what came to mind. I'll ask Peter, did he answer your question? <laughs> I think we, yeah, absolutely. Uh, apparently not. To a certain degree, right? the question. I mean, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, there, there's a little dancing around the question, uh, I think. But it, that's, it's a little, it's a tough a little question, dodgy to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what was the question it's again? A tough question. <laughs> I don't remember. I think we were talking about remembering. <laughs> I, I, I still like this idea of, of people like the idea of looking back instead of looking forward at critical moments. That That's something I, I would like to talk about more. Yeah, I mean, because if you start looking at your, I mean, I've had so many moments in my life where it's just like there are moments where you have to, you know, which way you're going to go. Yeah, yeah. And um, and so to, you know, and then it's, there's the other thing is like Jeremiah 42, um, another place where there's this, you know, this choice that needs to be made. And so, you know, Israelites go to Jeremiah and says, you know, pray, pray, pray. You know, what should we do? Should we stay in Jerusalem or should we go, you know, stay or go? And so, you know, should we do this or that, essentially? And and so it's like, you know, we'll do whatever. we. And then their prayer is, you know, that whether favorable or unfavorable, whether we have to go or we have to stay, and I'm paraphrasing, um, we just want to do the Lord's will so that all will go well with us. And I think that that's what you, you know, for me, that's when there's been those super critical moments, it's to stop, remember, and, you know, and then to sort of pray, remember the promises of God, and then just, you know, pray, you know, to seek God's will. I want to do God's will so that all will go well with me. Because um, if you're there, if you're in God's will and you're, you're going forward in that, then, you know, that's a, that's a pretty good place to be. Yeah. And then, of course, Israel decides, huh? And then Jeremiah says, you know, I think you should stay. And they're like, what are you kidding? You know, just like, we're out of here. And, you know, then here comes the napalm and all the explosions and, <laughs> and all of that. So it's just a, you know, a Jerry Bruckheimer movie after that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Bay, just, <laughs> just explosions. And it's, yeah, it's just nuts. After yeah. that. It's Godzilla. It's, everybody were, shows up. Those were live sound effects, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know that, Peter? I didn't. I, I thought Rosie had hit a no, couple that is, of that is there. Of, of that, that, was, yeah, that were that in the bank. Yeah. I'm just over here with my little, I'm, I have a little reenactment in Legos in front of me. So it's, yeah. you know, Lego Jeremiah. <laughs> yeah. there go. So, Peter, what else do you have on, on looking back versus looking forward? Well, it is interesting when in Jeremiah 6 when they talk about remembering the ancient paths, and then they say, remember the good way. And that word good is actually first used in Genesis 1, of course, where God creates things as good. And, and I remember we, we talked so much in the sermon series about the idea that good is not some sort of value judgment, as if God was really pleased and gave himself a good star you know, for, for making the platypus or something. It, it was really along the lines of God setting things up and in motion the way that they were intended to be, and that the the seeds of all of his future life would move forward, and we are just supposed to both live within and steward that way forward, and, and we forget that. And I think, Mark, you were talking earlier about serving idols instead 
of living within kind of the the ever unfolding garden that God created for us in which to live and, and steward in the ways of his delight. And so it was it was interesting to think through all of the idols we follow to try to bring peace in the future rather than looking back and remembering actually God created this beautiful garden of delight that was meant to go to, to start as this little seed and then go all throughout the earth and all throughout the, the universe in that way. And, and instead we choose to serve idols instead. And I do that. I mean, when I'm at a threshold, for sure, I do that and, and look at uh, some of the idols that feel like if I can just get there or serve them, that they'll bring the peace and they hardly ever do. Right. Well, and you know, God gives us good things. There's good things in this earth and we are, we should enjoy them for sure. Um, there's so many things to enjoy. I mean, just this time of year, certainly with, you know, the fall leaves and everything or, um, and then of course, when you, you have fall, then there's really good vegetables and food that you can make. And then, you know, so you can really get kind of caught up. And I mean, that's one of my idols is, I mean, I love making food. I love eating food. <laughs> And sometimes it just gets super elevated that you're just all you start thinking about is just, you know, like food, right? So, you know, and it is a wonderful thing that what <laughs> gives, you know, what gives God glory is edible for by far. But um, but I think that it's so easy to sort of like begin to elevate just the simple things in life, and you enjoy that more. You know, you're, I mean, I'm, right now it's like I seem to grab my phone in the evening, and you know. Who am I texting? It's like, well, you know, but you got to put that away and and stuff. So there's and they there's just so many little things. That's why I think that there's idols in our life that just like whack them all. But then sometimes to sit back and go, okay, all right, to have a little perspective and you know, how am I seeking the welfare of my city or the community that I'm in or the people that am I around, and how does this activity help that? And you know, where is the if you know where is the promise of God in all of this? And and to really sit back and um, and you know, pray on that and meditate on that. I like that. So we have to take a break in two minutes. Uh, who wants to quickly answer why Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet? Because he's such a whiner. He's, like, <laughs> he's just complaining all the time. It's like, you guys going to get it together yeah. or like yeah. what? <laughs> and then maybe what's the real answer, Peter? <laughs> I don't know that I know other than that he was lamenting all the time, yeah, right? Grieved. I mean, Didn't he, he just he grieve was, over really the wickedness of the people? Yeah, I think judgments. so too. And yeah, just... and we've been talking about, about idolatry, and, and that was what he primarily wept over was the idolatry of Israel, the, their lack of social care for their community as well, because they were supposed to be caring for their community, uh, the widows and the orphans, in a way that would shine the light into the outside world about how to live together. So I think he wept over both their idolatry and their lack of care for one another. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah they just couldn't care, like a care less <laughs> about anything else. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, right. and the often gloomy nature of his message. Yeah, he he really did, he wouldn't have been somebody that you would want to hang out with in the evening. It seems Probably like outside looking night. in, you know. Yeah. But but I think that he just he was he saw it through clear eyes. He knew what would happen if they kept walking in that way, and there wasn't hope in that kind of future. So I, I think he was pretty clear eyed about that. Do you think he walked around with like a little violinist? <laughs> <laughs> that would help. That would help. See, there's the sound effects. Those are live sound there it effects. There is again. Yeah. All right. Let's take a little break. We're going to continue our discussion. On Jeremiah with Mark Senius. He's the chair of communications here at the University of Northwestern. And Dr. Peter Kapsner, if you have a comment or question about Jeremiah, let us know what it is. There's a good chance we won't be able to answer it, but send it over anyway. 877 933 2484. Be right back.
Welcome back. If you just jumped into your car, thanks for tuning in. We're talking about uh, Jeremiah today, Jeremiah the prophet, as we, Dr. Peter Kapsner and I are continuing our series on people from the Old Testament. And I think Jeremiah was only about 17 when God called him. And he had great turmoil over the fate of his people, and he begged for them to listen. And I think that's one of the reasons he was known as a weeping prophet. He did cry tears of sadness, not only because he knew that what was going to happen, but because no matter how hard he tried, people would not listen to him. And he found very uh, little human comfort. I, I think God forbid him to get married and have kids, too. Probably. Yeah. He was just fueled by the, you know, the anger that was there. Like, why is everybody out there just, like, doing their things? Like, hey, get your act together. <laughs> right, exactly. But that's not that thematically biblical to get your act together. Rely on the Holy Spirit and all that. <laughs> yeah. But when I think of Jeremiah, one of the places I always go to is Jeremiah 17, one of my favorite chapters mm. in Scripture. I think, Mark, you've got that jotted down on your notes. I did, just because okay. there, you know, it's so much about you know, where, where your trust is. You know? Cursed is the man who's just you know, not so swell. And that, but there, but you know, there's much better um, things for you if you trust in the Lord. You know, blessed is the man who trusts in him, whose trust is the Lord. And you're, you're not like a tree, and then you don't have to worry about, about uh, you know, your leaves are always green. And you know, you don't. You can either be baked by this world, or you can be nurtured and you know fulfilled and fed in this world. And so, um, yeah, it's such a great passage um, as a you know as a warning from the Lord on you know where you do put your trust on these days. That's critical. In verse five, it said, "Cursed is the man who trusts." Cursed is the one who trusts in man who draws strength from mere flesh. And then in 7, it says, blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. The one thing that apparently both of these people have in common is they both have trust. It's where you're placing it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we all, we, you know, what we love most is what we glorify, right? So yeah. it's just like, you know, so, and I, there's plenty of things that I really enjoy, but um, that probably enjoy more than the Lord. And so it's just, but, you know, kind of remembering, start, you know, we've been talking about just that remembering theme. It's just like, you know, there's this, this uh, you know, the past grace that he's given you will help fuel what the future grace that is to come. Because, you know, if he f- fulfilled his promises, you know, in the past, he's going to definitely fuel the same promises in the future because, you know, God is always the same today, tomorrow, and yesterday, and beyond, and whatever day it is, right? So he's there. He's dependable. He is faithful. He is trustworthy, worthy of our trust because he will never deny himself, right? He's just faithful yeah. in that in that way. And so, you know, so hot, you want to be torn down or like a shrub in the desert? That sounds kind of hot. And, or do you want to, you know, hang out by the water and lakes and you know, and be planted by the water. Planted, planted. You don't, have to, go, you don't have, you don't have to go anywhere else. Yeah, just right. You're here. happy right there. Exactly. And I don't know if you have this. Uh, every once in a while, somebody would say, "Well, you know, I, I don't just have any faith. I don't have. I wish I had faith like you did." And I think, well, if I go, if I go to Jeremiah 17, it sounds like you have faith and I have faith. It's just where we're putting it. Absolutely. I mean, it's because you know, it's what what do you believe in? What what do you find joy in? What do you mm-hmm. find? What do you delight in? And so, you know, you're gonna the more you're gonna, the things you like to do, you spend more time with generally. And so it's like, 
oh, where am I spending my time? What am I doing? And then, you know, that's where that remembrance starts to come in. And then now I'm, oh, like, I'm, I guess I'm at a road here. You know, I'm at a crossroad. So, you know, and then, you know, should I go this way or that way? Which, which one's the ancient path? Should I, you know, then I want to do that so all will go well with me, right? Because even, you know, we talk about that, the 16 passage, and it's, I think we always leave out that, you know, what's sort of next is that, you know, essentially they didn't, and <laughs> you know, everybody's nuked. Same thing that happened, you know, it's, it's Jeremiah 6, you know, 16, um, and Jeremiah 42. It's like where every time people choose the wrong way, then it's, you know, the Oompa Loompas roll in and they take everybody <laughs> away. And it's just like, you know, it's all over. Yeah. You know, Peter, I often have heard people misquote Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. They make it their personal life first. And God bless them for doing that, but it doesn't have a lot of application. It was more of a corporate promise than it was an individual one. But I don't I don't ever blame people for making it their verse. They just I always encourage them to understand it properly in context. Yeah, I think that's such an important one. I, I know that when I talked with my students and, and asked them what verses in the Old Testament do you know for sure? And it's pretty revealing what they what they know. Clearly they know God created the heavens and the earth. So they they can quote Genesis one one. Uh, but then they almost inevitably quote uh, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven about the plans God has for them because they're so concerned about the future. But their future for them is is usually disconnected from other people. It's usually wondering about will will there be any sense of of goodness in their life moving forward. And I think it's pretty interesting in that passage because the Israelites never actually experienced any form of material prosperity after that time to, to what you guys are just chatting about. They kept picking the wrong path and, and it kept getting worse and worse and worse for them. So they never they, they they got ended up getting destroyed by the Assyrians and the Babylonians. And so they didn't ever experience the kind of prosperity you would think that they were invited to experience from that verse. And yet does that mean that God is unfaithful somehow? No, I, I think that what you're getting at there, Bill, is in that passage when it says the word prosper, it doesn't mean financial prosperity. It doesn't mean personal prosperity. It doesn't mean that you're going to be healthy for 100 years in this world or, or that things are going to go wrong. It simply means that you can experience wholeness in the midst of the ongoing absence that is this life. And your wholeness comes from God being your shepherd as you inevitably experience difficulty and pain and sorrow and suffering in this world. So when God says this, that they're almost bringing the self-inflicted suffering upon uh, upon their circumstances. He's saying, even then you can lean into me in your she- as your shepherd, you will be whole, even though all of life is going to be falling apart around you if you just keep leaning into me. That's very different than saying, oh, God has plans for me. He has plans to make sure that I get married, that I have a job, that I'm healthy till I'm 127 years old, and, and all of the things that we think define prosperity. And that's not at all the promise there. Yeah. yeah. I was always amazed at how Jeremiah was so patient and just kept persevering because it seems like it would always be worth just to give up at at some point, um, you know, through all of all. I mean, the coming times, he was just always things were always going wrong. They were never going great. Yeah. And, right. um, you know, just people would never listen to the guy. And and I mean, <laughs> sort of like, how do you persevere through that, Bill? <laughs> well, don't look at me. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> that got deeply personal. No, I'm, I, I don't know why I said that. I was trying to be funny and it was weird. Um, well, Jeremiah. Just trying to take over the show there. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Jeremiah, yeah, I thought it worked brilliantly, too. For, as I was listening, it made perfect sense to me. Yeah. You guys p- pipe down. I'm no, going to say something was, here. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Jeremiah did get 
horribly discouraged. And I know he sank into this place where he, he thought, are my efforts making any difference? And he, I think he got emotionally spent to the point where he was even starting to doubt God. Yeah. And yet, well, I, I think that's, I mean, that's the, the natural way of it, right? I think we do live in this epidemic of doubt for, for very understandable reasons in terms of our lives don't maybe work out the way that we think they should. I, I, you know, not not to take some of the laughter out of the show, but I do think of the idea of there's there's 700,000 fewer people in our country than there were 18 months ago based off of uh, a massive change in global circumstances. And that's just in our country. That's not even the global death toll from COVID. And, and I think there's so many things that happen that cause us to question God's faithfulness. And and so this epidemic of doubt that that exists, I think, directly relates to what our expectations are about what we, what we think we can and should get out of this life. I, I don't know if you see it in the students, too, Mark, in terms of just fear and doubt and turmoil, and they don't really for sure know. But I think that's true even when we're 70, 80, 90 years old a lot of times. Yeah, I mean, you just sometimes you're, you know, you're so caught up in just right here. It's like, well, how can, how can any, you know, anything good could like come next. It just feels like there is a lot of just, you know, gnarliness that is this going on. And, and I think it's easy that we also can sort of have that Jeremiah sort of, you know, just like, we're kind of slogging through. It's just like, I'm lamenting. This is just not going right. It's like, Ugh. and, and so I think that we, we think a little bit like Jeremiah in that sense, but we have something, you know, today that we, that Jeremiah really didn't is that Christ did come. And so, um, you know, so we have that now to be able to cling to. And so, you know, pointing to Christ, you know, you have, you know, all of Romans that's going to, you know, give you the, the, you know, the strength to sort of carry on through all of the things. Maybe Jeremiah went where, you, you know, you know, rejoice in our sufferings, which brings about perseverance, which brings about character, which brings about hope, a hope that never disappoints because Christ died for us, right? You know, at the right time, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And it's like, so, so that we might be united and right with him, which is what Jeremiah wants all along anyway, for, for people to be right with, with God and to, you know, to follow him and, you know, sort of you know, do the righteous thing. And, um, and so, but, you know, we have Christ that we can cling to and, and have hope um, that, you know, certainly people in Jeremiah's time just didn't, didn't have. And yet uh, Jeremiah was always looking to that hope that, that we, you know, in God that is so trustworthy and and faithful. Well, how relevant is Jeremiah's story to today? I mean, people did not want to hear what he had to say, and he and he always had this mm. constant warning of like, you know, feeling like he's judging people, but he's really giving God's truthful message. Yeah, and that felt like foolishness to the people who are lost, like it says in First Corinthians one eighteen. Yeah, there's a. I mean, this, it's not a Bible movie or anything having to do with J- Jeremiah, but it's probably one of the more uh, amazing movies I've seen in quite a long time. It was, it's called Coda. I don't know if you've heard of this movie, but it's, uh, it's about this deaf girl and, or excuse me, this girl who has a deaf parents and a deaf brother and she can hear. And so Coda, it basically stands for, uh, children of deaf adults. Right. And so, and then she discovers that she has this love of, of, uh, singing. You know, parents can't hear her. And so, you know, this whole movie is just about, you know, 
that just sort of sets up where you have where she, you know, how do you love amidst that? How do you care for one another amidst that? You know, Jeremiah's book of definitely there's compassion and, and grace and, you know, quest for righteousness. And, you know, you just you see these relationships and how, um, you know, this battle between what what I want and a battle with what's best for others. And, um, and it's kind of this two-way street and just the way that this unfolds and uh, the different perspectives that people might on you know might have on on, on their lives it's like kind of ma- how, how, how does a parent love someone who um who a parent who can't hear love someone you know of a child that wants to go sing i mean you know there's just all these different it's a fabulous movie and uh, it won every uh category at sundance earlier this year and I can't recommend it enough, but it's, you know, sort of that there's just a lot of Jeremiah themes where there's a lot of lamenting. I want this. I want that. I want the right thing. And, and seeking the, the welfare of the family that they have in this movie. Oh, man, it is. It is really quite correct. It's a terrific movie. Tell I, me the I, name I, of it again. It's Coda. Okay. Which is, you know, a little double, you know, Coda is also a musical sort of, you know, signature kind of thing that, yeah. um, but yeah, it's really a fantastic movie. Marley Matlin from she's a you know won an Academy Award a yeah. bunch of years ago, and um, and then most everybody that is deaf in the film is actually deaf. So there's you know That's pretty a lot cool. of cool. I mean, it's just it's an amazing story um, that you know kind of stuff, to me has a lot of themes from just Jeremiah and but you know there is a promise that's that awaits and that when you seek the welfare of others, then you know it's just it's. It's, you know, more than you can ask or think. Yeah. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Lots more with uh, Mark Senius as we continue talking about Jeremiah with Dr. Peter Kapster and I hosting our, our weekly series on Old Testament characters. We'll be right back. From the Old Testament, Dr. Uh, Peter Kapster and I are always glad to be doing this on Wednesdays at 5 Central Time. Our guest is Mark Senius. He's chair of the communications department here at the University of Northwestern. We're talking about Jeremiah today. Uh, so far, great uh, conversation. I think Jeremiah, the last thing, the last glimpse I think we get of Jeremiah in Scripture is, I think he was forcibly taken by a, a band of Jewish rebels. I mean, rough life. <laughs> Yeah, it's never easy in Jeremiah. It's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just kind of want to put on the Waltons or something. Something, you know, yeah. yeah. Just, just and, you know, a little. Plus, I think there was filled. some inclination that he might have died by stoning. Um, I think that's in Hebrews 11, who talks about the, um, the Hall of Faith. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Pleasant. Well, yeah. and all that makes me wonder: Did he tape his own verse on his steering wheel for his life verse after he wrote Jeremiah twenty nine eleven? That's not exactly. You wouldn't have thought that life should have, should have ended differently than that for him. So, I mean, I don't know. You know, Mark, you were talking before the break a little bit about lament too, and I had never considered lament in my Christian journey. 
uh, at any time, really. But then it really seemed to come up during COVID quite often as some different theological figures, some church leaders were talking about lament as a tool for when things go wrong. So it's not that we shouldn't lean into the idea that God can bring good out of, out of suffering and evil. He clearly does, and that is, that's a tremendous promise. But maybe another tool in the midst of life being difficult is the tool of lament. Did you lament at all? Have you, has that been a practice in your life? I've never really considered it before this. Uh, lamenting? I mean, I guess, I guess it depends on the type of lamenting. Sometimes, you know, you can just sort of have a, I don't know, kind of a worldly lament, you know? Sorry, I, mm-hmm. you know, failed you there, but not really have a, you know, it's like, oops, you know, there's not, there's not a heart behind lament, you know, you just sort of really ache. Um, and I think there's, I definitely have had some of those moments. Um, and, you know, especially in those kind of, uh, where you just, you're, you're going along when you're just like, oh, when you recognize like clearly, okay, I'm definitely not on any path. It's anywhere, you know, ancient. It's like you could just see the workers building the road right in front of you, right? It's like this is going to be a disaster. I have no idea where this is going to go. So I think those are the times where it's like where you kind of veer off the path and it's like, um, yeah, it's like, man, I really kind of, you know, blew it there. And okay, now, Lord, you know, you know, bring me, you know, bring me to you. Turn, turn my heart, put me on a better road, you know. And I think that's when, um, you know, really... That's, at least that's where I've I've been in the lamenting kind of things. So Jeremiah obviously tried to make people understand that their their problem was lack of faith and belief and trust. Mm-hmm. And does that sound like relevant to today? I think so. And just kind of on that lament thing, I think it's that you know that God can still use that. I mean, use those hard times. Um, you know, I've been able to share examples, at least in the classroom, of things that I've done that I have lamented that I that I do regret. In my times in in Seattle, there's lots of things that I that I do regret doing, and I lament the fact that I did that. But I also see how God has you know turned that and it's you know sort of been able to use it in a in a in a meaningful way to remind me. Um, and I think there's also the passage in Jeremiah, I forget what chapter, maybe it's chapter 18 or somewhere in there, we're talking about sort of leaky pots, you know, and that we are all just sort of, you know, we're all kind of a bunch of leaky pots. There's only one pot that's like perfect, and, yeah. you know, in Christ. And so we're walking around just, you know, water just dripping all over the place, right? But um, but there's, that, there's one story uh, about, you know, this girl who, uh, you know, has a she has these pots on her shoulders and it's leaking, you know, on the one side of the road. So she plants seeds there, right? And just lets the leak, you know, the pot water, you know, the ground as she walks along. And then there's beautiful flowers at the end of the, you know, the day. And the, the pot was lamenting, oh, I'm this leaky pot. I, nothing good happens, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, sometimes those, the stories of your regret and your lament, you know, God can uh, reveal some things about him, and sh- and uh, but he he will use it. I mean, he you know we are created in his image, and you know we all have these gifts that we need to use according to his grace. So therefore, let us use them. But but we're not perfect vessels, and I think that you know there's that grace that we need to extend for ourselves and then to others as well to remember that you know. We're all just a bunch. You're just kind of walking around. You know, in many ways, we're kind of blind squirrels trying to find nuts, right? And um, but we do have the we do have this this word of the Lord that that can you know bring a lamp to our path and see which path we're on. And um, it's a narrow road, but it's not that narrow. But then again, it's you know it's not that wide. So um, yeah, there's just a lot of ways that God can sort of redeem and uh, 
you know, and and work things for good. But the good may not necessarily be, you know, here's a you know a four thousand dollar refund from the U- U.S. government or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. I mean, it's just like it's not right. the good. It's not just you know. Oh, hey, I have money now. That's you know, it's not that good. It's it's yeah. good. It's like when your soul is you know more in tune with who the Lord is and and where your relationship with Him is. At least that's yeah, I've heard it said, Mark, that that we minister from those places that we experience our own brokenness and our own failures. That that's part of the way that God brings good out of that is that we can then turn and, and give to other people. I was thinking about a young woman that I knew many years ago that was going to get an abortion, and she ended up going to a counselor who had had an abortion some 20 years prior to that. And because of that woman's, her willingness to walk through the pain of her own regret and her own decisions, she was able to turn and counsel this young woman in towards a different kind of decision. So I I think it seems to me maybe that's some of the ways in which God brings good out of something is it doesn't mean, again, something we seem to be talking about quite a bit this this in, in this episode is that we're not going to necessarily suddenly re- realize all the prosperity that we want, but we can use our pain and our suffering to help towards the future to maybe stop that from happening in other people's lives. And it can be in the simple things, and I don't know if this particularly applies, but my wife and I were up on the North Shore, up by Tofty, hiking Carlton Peak. And, you know, it's been a dry year, right? And so we're up there. It was beautiful, and it's over Labor Day. But we're walking back down the hill, and another couple is coming up, and they got the backpack. You know, they're all loaded up, ready to go backpacking, go for a long hikes, long hike, superior hiking trail. And as we were kind of, you know, we kind of chatted with them just briefly, and they had a f- few words, and they said, yeah, um, you know, we, I, we're wondering where the water might be, but we're feeling pretty confident, you know, what's, you know, ahead. It's like, I mean, it's pretty dry. I don't think there is any water that way. But, you know, well, good luck, you know. And so then we're walking, and then a few minutes later, they caught up to us, and we're on the way back. Yeah, we decided to get more water. So <laughs> 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 it's, it's like, you know, it's just the little things that can help, you know, that you can be that, that you know, if you're on a, if you've been down that path, and, you know, and if you can be, you know, that little Ezekiel moment where yeah, you yeah. sound the warning. Um, maybe I should have chosen him today. Hmm. No, you're stuck with okay. Jeremiah. Just, just kind of, yeah, ah, so only one. Let's figure out three <laughs> things we can we can walk away with today about Jeremiah. I'll go first. Here's one of the things I believe that it's easy to remember about Jeremiah. He was a faithful, God-fearing man. A faithful, God-fearing man. Okay, you guys go next. Um, I think that he was also a... Uh, a persistent, persevering, praying man. Well, hey, that's a fine alliteration right there, isn't it? <laughs> Dang. I like, um, mine. I like mine better, but yeah. that's good too. <laughs> um, well, he's just seeking God's will, you know, and he, he wants to help others see God's will in their lives and, you know, constantly being a reminder to, um, to for you to stay on the, you know, the right path. Yeah. Batting so that all will go well with you. Batting third, Peter Kaffner. I, and mine is what you referenced right at the start. It's that looking backwards. It's that that Jeremiah six passage. Uh, when you're at crossroads in life, to look back, look backwards and remember the good way. God's faithfulness, the ancient paths. There's been a lot of people who have walked out that narrow path that you described earlier. Yeah, there's a great song from Andrew Peterson too that so you'll find your way. Um, that yeah. is based on that verse, a song he wrote to his son, saying, like, you know, make sure you stay on the ancient path. Bind your heart to the ancient mast, and is one of the lines in that. Uh, that song, but yeah, one of my favorites. Yeah. Very cool. Well, any, uh, 
any parting thoughts on Jeremiah? I think we covered a lot. Anything else written on your on your note sheet there? No, I've scribbled. I can't, I'm left-handed. I can't really read it, actually. Well, <laughs> I, I turned the light on for you about a half hour ago. I hope you oh, appreciated that. I probably should put my glasses on, too. Yeah. So, no, I think one of your listeners, I thought that was, uh, wrote uh, on back it was great. to us just that, that um, you know, that, yeah, Jeremiah probably would be the B.B. King of his day. Um, I love that. You know, just like... <laughs> just, just totally just bringing it, and uh, yeah. yeah, he would. That would be. So I'll read true. the comment. I'll read the comment. It's a good one. I think if Jeremiah was around today, he'd play guitar and probably be known as the BB King or Blues Man of Israel. He would, man. Or he'd, yeah, yeah, with a little Oscar Peterson on piano, maybe. You know, yeah. just kind of. And I love this comment too from our friend Tom. He said, "I'm changing the oil in my air compressor and listening to this conversation on Jeremiah. So enjoying the banter between all three of you and learning at the same time. I'm just glad we made." changing the oil in his air compressor a little bit more uh, pleasant. It sounds like a branding statement. <laughs> and I learned statement. there's actually, yeah, I had no idea there was oil in an air compressor, so that's, I learned something today, too. Yeah. That, I maybe find... that's why it was changing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I went four years before I realized a vacuum cleaner had a bag and it needed changing. <laughs> what is this dust cloud? What is happening? I got sold a bill of goods. It's like pig pen from Peanuts over there doing the <laughs> yeah, cleaning right. up. How ironic is that? All right, Mark Genius, thanks hey. for spending time with us today. My pleasure. So yeah. much fun. Yeah, you uh, you did a nice job, Thank as you. always. Yeah, you're you're a complete delight. Peter, thanks again. We're going to pick up uh, next week, uh, same time, same channel. Looking forward to it. It's, uh, that was a blast with Mark. He really brought a different perspective to Jeremiah. <laughs> really, it was, it was Something I've very never... listenable. It was wonderful, Mark. I yeah. loved it. Oh, thanks. That wraps up our show. Thanks for joining us today, and thank you for supporting Faith Radio. It's always a delight to be with you. I love spending time with you, and I hope uh, you have a great night as you lay your head on the pillow. Just be reminded that God has a great plan for your life, and he loves you. I do, too. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.